You're listening to The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project. The Hero of the Story helps you study and teach the story of redemption from all Scripture. Now join your hosts, Aaron Armstrong and Brian Dembozik. Hey everybody, welcome to The Hero of the Story. I'm Aaron, and with me of course is Brian. What's going on? Eh, Not much. How you doing, Aaron? I'm doing okay. You know, I'm excited because it's fall. Yes. You know, I like that there's a little bit of a crispness in the air. Yes, loving it. It makes me feel like a human being as opposed to sweat. Yeah, and as we record this, we are moving toward Thanksgiving, my favorite holiday of the year. Are you in training for Thanksgiving? Um, I will be making my uh, dinner list pretty soon. Okay, that's good. It's good, but you're not pra- making practice turkeys. No, or, no, I don't. I don't or practice pies or anything no, like no, that. No, I just, I'm all in. I'm, yeah. There you go. You, so I just have to. You've do my just recipe. had years of practice already, so yeah. you're fine. Well, my wife does <laughs> laugh at me because I, I make a uh, an Excel sheet color coded about when I need to put everything in the oven or whatever, and so she she enjoys mocking me for my color coded Excel sheet. You know, it is a little bit OCD, but I respect that. But hey, I tell her it do gets you, the job done. Do you eat hot food all at the same time? Yes or no? If the answer is yes, then leave my sheet alone. <laughs> Fair. Fair. So, uh, so Tara, if you're listening, and I know you're not, um, <laughs> Brian has told you. <laughs> That's right. And I stand by that. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sweetheart. Tara, we love you, too. <laughs> Me in a not creepy way. So. Yes. Um, anyway... <laughs> So Brian, we are uh, we're talking about not creepy things and not Thanksgiving yes. and not spreadsheets. No. Um, and uh, if we have one listener left after that, <laughs> um, they're going to be really excited about this show because yes. we are talking about a brand new book that uh, someone named Brian Dem- Dembowski. I don't know who that is. Brian, oh, Dimbo, wait, this is you. It is. Hey, what do you know? So um, a book that you wrote. Yes. Which I'm pretty excited about. Yeah. Uh, called Gospel Centered Kids Ministry. We're going to talk about this little book today um, because it has recently been released from B&H Publishing. Yes. Which yeah. is part of the Lifeway family, of course. Yeah. Um, just like us, we're all one big, one big happy, happy family under Jesus in Christian publishing. So, <laughs> <laughs> and events. And events. Um, transformational experiences? Yes, exactly. Yes, that's right. So, um, uh, so yeah, so this book actually has a little bit of, little bit of history behind it because mm-hmm. this edition is the new edition of the book. It's not the first edition yes. of it. Um, originally, this, this came out about um, a year, year and a half ago. Two, two years or so. 2017? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Early 2017? Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it was. So, um, coming up on two years... Um, as a life under the Lifeway Kids imprint, mm-hmm. um, and so that was um, it was something that um, you, that which is the team that you serve on yeah. as well um, that you all felt was something essential to to the conversation around kids ministry in general. Um, and what the book really, really gets into is, is kind of the heart of the gospel project itself. Yeah, it really is. Um, especially in the kids space, which, um, God has been incredibly, um, kind, kind to us in, in, in that, you know, we're, we're serving over a million kids every single week across the world, not just around America, but it's amazing. It's incredible. It's It's very, very kind of God. And, and, and. 
the encouragement is, and we're going to talk about some discouraging things in a minute, but yeah. the encouraging thing is, that, to me, that just clues me in that, that there is this movement afoot of, of churches and kids' ministries more specifically understanding, man, we've got to give our kids the gospel. Right, absolutely. And so, um, so I don't think that there's anything that is going to be shockingly revolutionary that we talk about in term, to, to you, our listeners, um, because we hope this is this is already the air you're breathing. Yeah. We we hope if you're listening to this podcast, probably so. Yeah, um, but still, we you know this is an opportunity for us to as we're engaging with, as we're looking at our own ministries. Yes, as we're looking at our at our families, as we're looking um, and as we're walking alongside other churches, other believers, mm-hmm. um, um, who who maybe don't have the same same uh, ministry methodology um, that, that we might to to come along in a supportive and encouraging role um, not to not to go and say you know hey you know you guys you guys are doing it wrong but it's more hey what do you think about this that kind of thing and so that's where actually the um, where some of the the more sober part of the conversation is going to come yeah. in. Yeah. But what we're going to do is over the next few weeks, our next few episodes, we are going to, we are going to uh, talk through some of the big ideas of this book. Um, and, um, and so specifically what the, you know, what is this, this big concern that you, that you've identified and how, um, how does the gospel play a part in, uh, in answering that problem? Um, through a number of different aspects, everything from our teaching to what we expect to see in terms of um, the gospel transforming lives um, with kids, how they um, how they can engage in gospel mission, and how does it how does all of this affect us as parents yeah. and leaders in our churches? Um, but today, let's start with the big scary thing that no one really likes to talk about, which is statistics. Yes. So, um, one of the things that you mentioned in the in the book, and this is a stat that has been used in a number of different contexts mm-hmm. in a couple of different forms. The way that you present it is actually from some research that Lifeway at Lifeway Research has done yes. recently, um, which is that um, seven out of ten young adults who have been in the church basically their whole lives will at some point le- will leave the church by the time they go to college. Yeah. Um, five of those will return at some point in their lives, but two won't. Yep. Leaving only three who are consistently in the church through that entire, yep. that entire season with no, um, no visible discipleship gap. Yeah. Um, at least from a, an a- attendance perspective. Um, this is a this is a stat I'm sure many of you listening have heard something like it before. Um, I know I've heard heard countless sermons that have uh, have shared how you know eight you know seven or eight out of ten um, high school age students will will leave the church by the time like in their first year of college, um, and usually it ends at and they won't return. But the stats that we that, that we found are, are very interesting in that it does it does present a little bit of a different picture. Yeah, one that one that if you just look at the numbers, could seem like maybe we've been overplaying our hand a little bit 
on on the original. But what do you think about that, Brian? Yeah, you know, I, I think that would be fair. I think it'd be fair to say that that we have used a little bit of hyperbole mm-hmm. there. But and that's the thing that I would say is we didn't need to. Right. The stat, the true stat by itself, should cause us to sit down and put our head in our hands and 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 weep over the condition of the church that is driving toward that stat. Uh, that we should be brokenhearted as we think about the kids that we have poured into, that we've loved, that we've discipled, that have attended all the different events. And we talk about students, and then we think about them leaving, even if for a season. Mm-hmm. Um, that should trouble us. You know, it, it's think as you said, they're they're not under a, a discipleship um, arm. They're they're not being discipled in that season. If we believe the church is what it is, a good thing, a gift that God has given to us for our benefit and so that we can be used to benefit others as we're all on mission to bring him glory, anybody who's apart from that is not at their best. They, they you know, So it should trouble us greatly. We don't have to add to that. But then we do focus on those two who walk away for good as well and say, man, so this, this statistic is troubling. This true statistic is troubling enough as it is. Absolutely. And it needs us to pause and say why why is why are we seeing this in the church in America today right and and so why do we see that Brian well, why I, do you think yeah I think what we have to understand is that when we see these leaving the church these young adults leaving the church they are leaving more than that mm-hmm. it's not just the church this is not a question of our, our methodology as the church this is not because our you know we don't have the the facilities aren't good enough that's not engaging this is not because we don't have coffee shops in our in our you know, churches or anything, but nothing wrong with those things, of course. But that's not the core issue. They're not just walking away from the church; they're walking away from Christ, right? Because I would contend that the notion today, the myth that we often hear advocated, "Hey, I love Jesus, I'm good with Jesus, but I just don't like His church." No, that's unbiblical. Yeah. If you love Christ, you will love His bride. Yes. You cannot love Christ and despise His bride. You can't do that. So when you walk away from the church. I would argue you're not just walking away from the church, you're walking away from Christ, the groom of, of that church. Mm-hmm. That's why this is so troubling. That's why it bothers me greatly to think about even those five who walk away for 10, 12 years or whatever and come back, but they still turn to walk away from Christ. Why? How can you walk right. away from Christ? Yeah. Well, and and I mean, obviously there's... There's certainly a lot of a lot of reasons that people could point to. I mean, mm-hmm. depending like there's 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 reasons that stem from our our theological perspective. Um, you know, whether whether they were ever truly believers at yes. all, um, that kind of thing. Um, some of it, it's just. I mean, there there's without question there is a conscious choice there um, to to walk away. Ultimately, because they don't see something of value. Exactly. So the question that we have to ask is, Did were we actually showing them Jesus at all? See, and that's what I would say we have not. Mm-hmm. I would say for the most part, again, we got to be careful about being too of course. general. But I, I yeah. think for the most part, what I see at play here, and there are many different factors. I mean, let me also give that added caveat. Uh, but perhaps the most critical factor in my estimation is that we have failed to do what you just mentioned. We have failed to give them the one thing that will keep them in the church. We failed to give them Christ as he truly is. We failed to give them the gospel. We've mm-hmm. given them a Jesus of moralism, a biblical moralism, where Jesus is the entry ticket into salvation, and then I have to live 
a good way. I have to live a proper way, a good Christian, as we often hear, so that God is pleased with me, mm-hmm. even after I've trusted in Christ. That's biblical moralism. Right. That's believing that that I, what I do depend, determines whether God is pleased with me or not. Right. And that what we do when you look at the Bible and you layer in all the laws, the rules, and so forth, the commands, and then add to that, a lot of churches bring their own uh, rules and regulations about what a good Christian means. Yep. So of you bring that heavy burden and place that on these young adults, and it just breaks them as it would, of course. Uh, moralism breaks people, it kills people, it's death uh, because none of us are good enough because we all are sinners mm-hmm. um, and we can't do this on our own and so what I think we see happening here is is that people are leaving the church because they have been given not the beauty of the gospel but the stench of moralism mm-hmm. and that is crushing them and then when they get to the age where they can choose to continue in this or not because their parents are not making them go they can choose whether they go or not. They choose not. Uh, and they choose the world's version of moralism. They want to be good people. Very few people do not care about being a good person. Sure. It's, they define what it means to be a good person by the world standards, which today in our culture is be true to yourself. Right. And what's the problem with that? Well, the problem with that is, our, first of all, I don't want to be true to myself. Because who <laughs> I am in myself, um, I, I'm a sinner. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm going to lie to myself all the time. Yeah. I'm going to make myself out to be God instead of God. I, and so when I'm true to myself, whatever that means, I am, I am pursuing the wrong standard of goodness and the wrong standard of what is really going to satisfy me. I will not satisfy me. I will disappoint myself every time. Right. It's Christ. It's the gospel. That is where we find true satisfaction, true joy, true meaning, true identity, and so forth. And so pursuing this notion of being true to myself will lead to failure down the road. It seems much more appealing at first because it seems much easier. Absolutely. Because we know it's, it's not going to be ultimately satisfying. No, no, of course not. I mean, one of the things that um, always comes to mind whenever I, whenever I hear the, you know, the, the, the call of be true to yourself or you do you or, yeah. or, um, or whatever it is that uh, is currently in a Diet Coke commercial um, they, um, the thing that I always remember is Jeremiah 17, yeah. where Jeremiah just says that the heart is, is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Yep. And then he finishes off with who can understand it? Um, that we, that the depth of our problem in our heart apart from Christ is so, um, destructive and dark that we can't even comprehend comprehend it on our own. Yeah. Um, it's why we're it's why we're really good at analyzing other people's problems, ultimately because we're because we can see we can see what what's wrong with someone else because we're not lying to ourselves about yeah. them. We're only lying to ourselves about us. Yeah, and and that's incredibly dangerous and damaging to. Are to us personally damaging to our communities, to our churches, and to the mission of God yep. itself. Um, and so, this is why ultimately we need the gospel. And and there's no other, you know, as as pat an answer as that might seem, or as um, you know, Sunday schoolish an answer as that might be to be like Jesus. <laughs> well, we need Jesus. Yep. <laughs> And it's a Sunday school answer for a reason. Absolutely, because <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Um, and so, 
so as we as we get in as we get into this conversation more, we're gonna we're gonna look at that more in depth. Yeah. But give me the big idea of, of what ultimately does this what what does this really change? Like why does this make a difference? Yeah. Again, I think what we see happening here is, and let me be quick to say this: I do not believe most churches are malicious in this. I don't. I don't think you have some kids ministers sitting around uh, at, at coffee one day saying, hey, let's give our kids moralism instead of the gospel. That, that, I don't think that's how it works uh, in, in the vast majority of cases. I think what happens is um, we, we give moralism by accident. Uh, we, 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 don't, uh, we don't know better, and our, our, the bent of our hearts is that way anyway. And so we have a lot of churches who are, are focused on teaching the Bible, holding up the Bible, teaching it well. But then when it comes time to getting to the so what, okay, how, what do we take this passage? How do we connect this? Um, that's where they make the wrong turn by accident and they fall into moralism. And, and that's what they tell, well, all right, as we're prone to use David and Goliath, all right, be courageous. That's what we take away from, right. from David and Goliath. That's moralism. Yeah. Instead of saying, where's Jesus in this? How do we understand the gospel through this? So you have a lot of ministries that are taking that, that moralistic approach by accident, and that is, is killing kids, ultimately, yeah. again, by accident. Um, why, why this matters is because as kids' leaders, we understand that this is not all up to us. We know that the parents are the primary disciplers in the home. Mm -hmm. uh, we know that student ministry also has a role to play in this. We know that pastors and other ministries have a role to play in this. So it's not all on us, but we need, as kids leaders, we need to focus on, well, what can we do to play our part to see kids hear and interact with the gospel and be changed by the gospel rather than behavior modification as parents do the same, as student ministries do the same, and so forth. And so we need to understand, as kids leaders, our role in partnering well with these others and also how foundational our role is. That man, we are, God is using us to imprint on the minds and hearts of kids that which is good and that which is not. Mm -hmm. And we have to understand that, that these truths that we're teaching or these misconceptions that we're accidentally teaching will echo through years and years in many of these kids. And so that's why we have to be really careful to do this well and to stay gospel focused in what we're doing. Right. And so we'll dig into that um, that in the next episode. So, But I think this is a good place for us to leave off for Sounds now. Um, so... So yeah, as we, as we mentioned at the at the top of the episode, we are uh, we're talking about the big ideas of uh, Brian's newly released second edition of Gospel Centered Kids Ministry. Um, it's available now um, wherever you wherever books are wherever you buy books, um, including your local Lifeway store. Um, so we hope you'll check that out. And um, and of course, if you've got a question that you would like us to um, a question or a topic you'd like us to address on the on the podcast, um, drop us a line at the Gospel at lifeway.com and if you'd be so kind as to leave a rating and review on itunes um again preferably an honest positive one um exactly. <laughs> integrity people integrity matters a lot um but if you if you'd be so kind to do that we'd really appreciate that because that helps people find the show um until next time we'll talk to you later thanks for listening to the hero of the story presented by the gospel project a family of resources revealing how all scripture gives testimony to Jesus. Learn more at gospelproject.com.